0: I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show focused
1: on helping you create amazing customer experiences and make more memories.
0: We're listening to the Memory Makers Podcast. Okay, so we went from 50s jingles to now 60s jingles, and I have no way of distinguishing between the two, so we're just going to go with it. You had some snaps. That was the distinguish. Yeah. Little sharks and jets action. <laughs> you know, it's not me if there's not some performing arts reference that uh, that can get thrown into the mix from time to time. <laughs> Speaking of some performing arts, you went and saw some some pretty high performing uh, uh, attractions just here recently. Tell me a little bit about your adventure you just went on.
1: Yeah, I went to both of Universal's parks in Orlando, both Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. I was down in Orlando for a trade show. My flight home got canceled completely. And so I had a free day to be able to do whatever I wanted. And I figured, hey, this is a perfect time to go to the parks. Because I have been to the all of Disney's parks and universals. It's been a long time and I've never gone by myself. Just mm. solo me doing the rides I want, the order in which I want to do them, when I want to do them. And it was really fun being able to walk around those parks and be on my own time, on my own agenda, getting a single rider's line, which was oh, yeah. clutch to be able to get through some <laughs> of those lines a little bit faster. Um, but it was it was a fantastic experience. I'm so glad I went and did it. I was definitely, I'm not accustomed to the summertime heat in Florida um, mm. and the humidity there. That was, it was fierce. Uh, a, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it wears on you for sure, but yeah. it was very well worth it. And that trip also inspired today's topic which Mm -hmm. is going to be lessons that you can learn from both Disney and Universal right so both of these sets of parks are kind of they showcased location-based entertainment at its pinnacle at the top of the scale service excellence that's what a lot of people look to to want to be and what I want us to do today is take some lessons from these giants that smaller family entertainment centers and smaller location-based entertainment venues can take those lessons to improve their own facilities, to improve their own um, experiences in meaningful ways. Because we're not at the scale, we don't have the scale and budget of Disney. No one really in this industry does, but we can take powerful lessons in order to enhance our own uh, facilities. So the first one I wanna talk about is the wow factor. They do a really good job. I, well, I don't know what this is. For those of There's you who are watching, we're, we're rubbing our hands together. It's in anticipation.
0: anticipation. Yeah. Anticipating chip. <laughs>
1: anticipating chip. Those on audio, I'm sorry. We just went on a tangent. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to bring it back and scene. So uh, the wow factor, when you walk in these parks, they're very intentional about creating this moment of where you literally go, wow, it's a moment of awe. It's a moment of excitement, whether that is through a giant – prop or a themed piece or a photo op or just a general feel and aesthetic of the world that you're stepping into, they understand the power of that initial first experience, especially because they know that a lot of guests that are walking through those doors, this may be the one and only time they ever visit those parks. This could be a once in a lifetime experience. And so they take intentional effort to make sure they're catering a really grand entrance and experience for those guests. And this is something that we can take into location-based entertainment venues, right? When you think about your brand and your story and your positioning and the attractions that you have, what are the things that you can do the moment somebody walks in the door to wow them, to have them go, oh man, look at that, to have them take selfies with their family and their friends, there are ways that you can scale that experience down to a size that makes sense in your venue to really provide that wow factor for the guests that walk in the door.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and even going beyond the initial wow moment, it's then continuing on and having multiple levels of how do we create opportunities to surprise and delight. And such a great opportunity to do that is through story through you know forensic storytelling right and so as we're we're intrigued by certain elements of oh what's that and and then it's a little bit of an Easter egg and it builds as you actually get into the attractions and and it helps people understand where the you know better opportunities or, or just the opportunities for fun can be and so when you look at at that from a Disney perspective in particular Every single attraction, the land, areas, all have stories behind them. Uh, which is is their primary you know tool, and and really then it's it's just a lot of intentionality, right? We're not just kind of filling space; we're making intentional choices about what kind of reactions we want to have, and we're using storytelling to be able to do that even better. Um, and so that the story takes an experience and elevates it beyond just an attraction or a ride. And so a great example that Universal's Island of Adventure is the Hagrid's Coaster ride that's on there, and roller coasters are are fun. Right, they're exhilarating, or at least for for a lot of people, they are. And so it's it's something where there's a lot of adrenaline and excitement and everything that can happen with that. But what Universal and Disney do is is taking in these uh known elements of storytelling and character references and culture and putting those into an exhilarating attraction. And that's then how we create a full experience out of it. And so great attractions will tell a story and help the guest become the hero. Uh, or the main character of that story and put them um, into that, you know, kind of visualization and that opportunity to escape um, and and kind of transcend the line line waiting and and all of that fun stuff.
1: And using story to provide some surprises during the attraction. If you've not Mm -hmm. been on that roller coaster, I won't tell you what those surprises are, (laughs) but there's a couple of them that are quite fantastic that I wasn't expecting that. I was like, this, this was great. Well Mm -hmm. done, Universal hats off, right? Nice.
0: Well, and so- we do stuff like that with Thrills on the on a the laser tag revamp that we just did for them, where it was having some some cool props that do hidden reveals, right? That are triggered by the experience, and so and and some custom briefing and um you know briefing content that helps literally set the stage um, and what the story is and the context and the background of why you're there and what's going on with that. And so we should really lean into those, right? Where all of these things are designed where this is scalable. We can do a, a version of it that is not doesn't have to be a Disney budget but it's the the tools and the mechanisms that allow us to uh, uh, add more than what we otherwise could
1: you know another one that really jumps out to me and this won't be a surprise to anybody listening is the expectation of culture and service mm-hmm. so Disney has this reputation of excellence In service and everything that they do when an employee is hired they understand what the expectations are and generally they're really excited to be able to meet and exceed those expectations and it can be very easy because disney's been around for so long and there's this lore around the company itself to just think well it's always been that way Mm. well no it hasn't it had to start somewhere and it started with the disney team setting very clear expectations defining those communicating those expectations very clearly to staff members and then rewarding the behavior that met and exceeded those expectations it sounds so simple um but that doesn't mean it's easy simple and easy are not always the same thing and so what i like to take from this is thinking about okay in your own venue do you have your service expectations clearly defined and if you do have you communicated them very clearly to your your employees in a way that they know and understand that have been internalized all of them? And lastly, when you see the behavior that you want, are you rewarding that behavior? Whether that's through you know the, the verbal attaboys or any other type of um, kind of incentives that you have in your facility, that is so important because good service and gr- m- more specifically, great service does not happen accidentally and it doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. And these are the steps that help you get there in your own venue.
0: Yeah, having someone that is is really paying attention on your leadership team across the board having a team that is paying attention to that and recognizing it uh, of you know in some c- circumstances it's easy it's like well that's what I'm paying him for it's okay but you also have to deal with reality on reality's terms and human beings are going to respond better when we use a little bit of Pavlov's dog approach of hey this was great thank you very much do more of that like it, it's, it's basic and sometimes it seems like well I shouldn't have to it's like mm, but we do because we're, we're all human beings and we need to be reminded of things a lot more than we we need to be told about them in the first place. And so that that I, I think even to build off of your point, Danny, of understanding what that looks like, what does that look like at the front counter? What does that look like at the bathrooms? What does that look like at the laser tag attraction? What does that look like on the bowling lanes? What does that look like in the restaurant? We need to have clear and specific examples of what that success looks like and how it shows up in each of those contexts so that way it's not just something that can be taken for granted and can't be highlighted when it is reached at that high level so the the next thing that i'll jump into that i'm always a, a big fan of and just amazed at how they they can do it with the just size and scope of the parks themselves is cleanliness there is little if any trash that you will see when you're walking around the parks that that's on the ground and this happens for a couple of reasons. There's there's a system and a procedure in place to, to ensure it. And what those are is, you know, Disney, for example, has a metric of, you know, within whatever, every 20 to 30 feet, there has to be a trash can. So there's just plenty of access for that where po- folks can throw that stuff away. But the second part is, is that they have staff members that are going through regularly, um, constantly, you know, patrolling and using that constant vigilance of keeping the things looking nice and clean and neat. And so whether that applies to your bathrooms and getting those inspected um, every hour and signing off that that's being done, uh, being able to again make sure that you're emptying the trash bags so that way they're not overflowing in the receptacles. Every you know having a regularly scheduled piece of either cleaning games, cleaning the facility, sometimes doing that in front of people so that way they can see that time, effort, and attention is being put towards that is also a positive reinforcement for your guests. But really honing in on this, um, you know, one uh, an expectation of success is driving. Into your staff members. If you see trash on the ground, pick it up. I remember when I was 16 and applying for um, a job at Laser Flash, you know, and, and trying to get there, the job interview part of it, they would put. Rogue pieces of trash down on the ground, and walk the the group audition by, and see who naturally would look to pick that up. And and you know there were times where nobody would, but the the folks that would lean down and pick that up, you understood that they are naturally a switched on cat, and that's something great that they naturally lean into. Something that I'm not going to have to teach them, and we can actually you know bring that beyond just cleanliness. So the, there's a lot that goes into just uh, it looks simple but it's not easy like you mentioned of of keeping things like oh yeah just keep things clean well simple not necessarily easy there has to be a process and an intentional focus on it
1: and it can be very easy to look at these at Disney and Universal and think everything they touch turns to gold and everything they do is amazing mm-hmm. but there, I want to kind of finish up here with a couple of points that I saw that we can actually take lessons from things that weren't done very well and in, in the experience that I recently had so Number one is when your employees have an announcement or a spiel or a brief or some way that they're addressing customers, especially if it's going to be done through a PA. That employee may be doing this dozens or hundreds of times a week, and for them it's just monotonous repetition repetition they have to do this over and over and over again, but for many of the guests this is likely the first time they're ever hearing it and so i remember being in multiple different kinds of um, uh, lines for rides and hearing some of the employees make these announcements and some attractions they did very well and others i could tell they were rushing through it to try to say all the points they were required to say as fast as possible so they could check off that box but the problem was one you knew they didn't actually care and two it was very difficult to actually understand what they were saying because they were rushing through it and it's not like you're in an area that's super quiet and no one's talking you can listen <laughs> very clearly there are there's attractions and roller coasters overhead there are hundreds of people standing around you in line all chatting with one another and screaming and yelling and exciting And so to be able to capture the attention of those guests, you have to be clear, you have to be exciting, you have to be excitable and get everyone's attention to be able to clearly communicate what you are trying to communicate. Because otherwise it's falling on deaf ears and it's just not a very good experience from the customer side of things. The other thing that was really interesting is faked enthusiasm. And what I mean by this, we want our employees to be excited, right? And sometimes you have to be able to fake it till you make it sort of a piece. But sometimes it's very easy to see through the faking. And what I mean by this is a lot of the roller coasters when you finished or any of the rides, um, the employees would start clapping and getting excited and all the people in the rides would clap and get excited like, yeah, that was awesome. And on the newest, most exciting rides, that was very natural. It was very easy to do between the guests and the employees. It was fun. But on some of the maybe more dated attractions or the ones that aren't as popular or the ones that maybe don't have as high of an excitement level, some of the employees on those, their clapping was I don't know if this is going to make sense but they clapped sarcastically right <laughs> like uh, for those who are on audio only you won't be able to see my face but literally you would see, come back and see some of the employees just going right just well, staring at you like i don't want to be here i don't want to be making these noises but i'm required to and it just felt really gross to be quite mm-hmm. honest as mm-hmm. as a customer i'm like listen i i understand this may not be the most exciting attraction i understand it's 95 degrees outside and you're at the end of a 10-hour shift i understand all those things that you've been doing this you know uh, you haven't had a day off in 10 days also i paid really great money to have this experience like at least put in a little bit more effort and i think there are certain ways that we can take lessons from how to be able to communicate clearly and how to be able to set expectations among your staff to be able to uh create real enthusiasm around the experiences that you have in your facility.
0: Yeah, definitely can't just go through the motions on stuff like that. You've got to be able to, you know, bring, you know, stay connected to the the why are we excited because those people are here and they're spending a lot of money and helping bridge that context for them of this is why what we're asking you to do is important and why it's more, you know, it, critical that you're not just kind of going through the motions and checking the box of clapping your hands at the end it falls short when we're not, you know, living into the intentionality.
1: And so to recap all of this, you and I could probably sit here for another two hours and talk (laughs) about lots of different lessons from both Disney and Universal, right? And this hits on what I experienced very recently were a few that jumped out to me. Um, And maybe we'll do a part two in the future, or even a part three, diving into other lessons that we can take. And really, we can look to the giants that are in location-based entertainment and resorts and be able to, how can we find the lessons that we can take from them, scale down appropriately and apply to our own businesses to create a better experience for our customers and to create a better culture and, um, you know, of excellence and service within our own facility. And that's what we wanna help you do is look at the, the, the best in the world, take the lessons, understanding where they may be falling short, take those lessons as well, apply them with your own staff and create better experiences and create some more money at the end of the day, that's one of the things that we want to have as well. So I think that seems like a really good place to go ahead and and wrap up today's episode.
0: I'd say so. I, I really appreciate the uh, being able to turn that universal trip you took into a business expense now that we've been able to uh, to get into it. So I see you. Okay. I understand why we wanted to talk about this. So if, uh, if you guys want to be hearing more of these insights, especially as we're bringing on guests and sharing that, the episodes are coming out weekly. So be sure to come back by and check us out.
1: If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review.
0: And leave us those five stars, please and thank you.
1: If you've got any ideas for future episodes, whether it's topics or guests, uh, hit us up on social media, send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Big shout out as always to Mikey Mike on the ones and twos running the ultranet. Appreciate you good, sir. And uh, thank you all again for joining us. And we'll catch you on the next one, troublemakers. (music) Troublemakers.